Pick and roll. Pass behind Draymond. He has to go back and get it. Throws it over to Wiggins. Wiggins now puts it on the deck. Backs down Brunson. Shoveled up top to Draymond. Takes a three. Good! Draymond from downtown. 105-96. Now back to 95-7, the game. It sure feels like the Warriors have the Western Conference Finals in control two games in but good luck trying to figure out these nba playoffs after what happened last night in boston it's kevin michael whitey gleason kyle madsen with you on 95 7 the game we take you up to warriors live i'll be joining john dickinson who's in dallas for that and of course we got game three uh tonight real quick couple of notes the other things going on kyle madsen before we get back to the warriors i know you're a golfer did you see what happened to richard bland and a squirrel at the PGA. Did you see that video? I did not. I did not see <laughs> Richard, that video. I think his name was Richard Blaine. He hit a shot under the green, his approach onto the green, and there's and he took the video and posted this, I think, or he he procured it. I, I guess he didn't take the video if he's playing. But a squirrel <laughs> runs up on the sees the ball, is like, hey, what's that? Runs up after the ball, grabs it, and then says, Nah, this ain't nothing. Runs away, but then because the squirrel grabbed the ball, it rolled off the green. <laughs> and the guy did not get up and down. And oh, he said, That's no. when you know you're having a rough day. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, is that just a is that just a hazard? The... Like an animal hazard? Yeah, it's play the ball where the squirrel <laughs> drops it, sure. <laughs> yeah. I'd never seen that before. I think the, the, other the, thing, the NBA the NBA just find that squirrel for its bench decorum. By really? Right huh. Ah, uh, nuts. And then the other thing. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, you came from the peanut baseball. gallery. <laughs> big. I know you're you're a big baseball guy. Do you see the home run Otani hit today? No. Whoa. I did, wow. did he just hit a nuke or what? Uh, I think Boy, 443 feet question. off Irvin, I think. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at this right now. Go ahead and vamp for a little bit, and then I'll react. No, live. I know he's your guy, kind of. <laughs> I, I do. Know the I A's do. Are your guys? I do enjoy Shohei Otani quite a bit. God. Yeah, yeah. He got hold of one there. So yeah. Oh, so baseball Atlanta. continuing. Yeah, the Giants taking on the oh, Pops today, and that's Bo Jackson territory. Remember mm-hmm, in the All Star mm-hmm. game, Bo Jackson hit the one when they used to have the bleachers up there in center field at at, at Angel Stadium. Off uh, Rick Russell in 1989? Yeah, yeah. Who could forget? Yeah, okay. Uh, right. That's where that ball landed. Oh, my goodness <laughs> me. He hit that a mile. He squared that up, <laughs> didn't he? Yeah. He killed that ball. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah. What a player. That's what, uh-huh. That's what the uh, that's what the Warriors have been doing to, to the Mavericks for the most part. I know game two was a little dicey there. But you asked a very interesting question here before we went to break about Draymond, the fact that Draymond was not teed up a second time in Game 2 when it looked like he was, oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. You thought he was actually trying to get thrown out of that game. Boy, your question was, question. what's your question again, sir? The My question was, and, and real quick, I don't think he was actively trying to get thrown out of the game, but the way he was going about it after picking up his first technical was like, what are you, d- d- what are you doing, dude? Like, what's, mm-hmm. it, what's happening here? So, mm-hmm. um, no, I, I was wondering if he had not been thrown out of, was it game two against Memphis? Game one, I think. Oh, that's right, because they ended up winning. That's right. So, game one, if he hadn't gotten thrown out of game one against Memphis, where he, you know, hacked Brandon Clark and then and then grabbed his jersey and pulled him down to the ground, if he hadn't been 
tossed out of that game for what looked to be a pretty soft flagrant two, especially in comparison to the Dylan Brooks one on GP2. If he hadn't been tossed out of that game, do you think that the refs would have run him on Friday night? I had not even thought of that. I had not even that thought hadn't crossed my mind, but I think you're onto something. Yeah, I think you're I agree with that notion that they were not going to throw him out of the game in part, not solely because of that, but in part because he'd gotten the the flagrant two for grabbing Brandon Clark, which, by the way, and, you know, that was a long time ago and we don't need to spend too much time on that. I agreed with that flagrant two. I know I'm in the minority around here. I agreed when that happened with the flagrant two they called on Draymond. But I think you're right. Um, uh, what do you think? He was. I, I I think that there's something to that because a lot of the a lot of the reaction, you know, whether you think it should have been or not, a lot of the reaction was you can't eject a guy in a playoff game for that. Yeah. Like you just yeah. you cannot do that, and so. I think not not to say that Draymond had carte blanche to do whatever he wanted the rest of the game, but I think the refs knew to swallow their whistles a little bit um, when he had that first technical because they didn't want, hey, you, Draymond now got tossed out of a second game for a pretty soft reason. What's going on? I think he would have had to really, really mess up to get uh, to get a second tee. So tell me if you think I'm overreacting here. Looking ahead to Game 3, one of the things that concerns me a little bit from the Warriors' standpoint is the fact that even in Game 1, which the Warriors, won, they destroyed the Mavs, even in Game 1, the Warriors got into it with the officials a little bit. Remember you had the play where uh, it was a ball out of bounds. I think Poole and Porter both got into it when with an official and Poole was teed up. Yeah. It's like, you guys are winning this game by 20 points. Why are you getting so upset? And then there was also... Uh, and I know game two was a little more tense, but there was a Damian Lee issue. The Warriors did lose their composure in that second quarter. Now you're going to go back there uh, with, of course, a uh, far from friendly crowd. I'm a little concerned as much as the Warriors DNA championship DNA should carry them through these moments. I'm concerned about them getting into it with the officials, losing their composure a little bit in what's going to be a hostile environment. I, I'm not. Because of the way they wound up keeping their composure in game two to chip away at that big Mavs lead and eventually pull out the W. I don't think they ever really lost. Memphis was, I think, as hostile of an environment as they're going to play in. And I don't think they ever really lost their composure there. I know they had the one game where they got down by 50 plus, but I don't. I honestly, the fact that Jordan Poole and Otto Porter are reacting that way in a game where they're up 20, like they know the stakes. They understand that every possession counts. Every possession matters, whether they're down by 20 or up by 20. And so that, that, that to me is not the sign of, oh my gosh, they're going to lose their composure. It's like, wow, this is a super competitive team. They know the stakes. And I think they know going into Dallas, this is going to be a hostile environment. Uh, Steve Kerr is not dumb. He's Andre Iguodala, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Clay, these guys have been around. They know, like, hey, you know what? You're probably going to get some calls not going your way tonight. Shake it off, win the next possession. I think that's the attitude they're going to go in with. You're probably right. Pardon me. It was just concerning to me that Draymond, of all people, he had a really bad game and appeared to lose his composure. We know that Draymond gets mad sometimes, but he was making bad passes. He did not play well, even when he fouled out. And I know you were there, so you probably weren't privy to this, but when he fouled out uh, on a really bad foul, he came off the floor, and Andre Iguodala just looked at him, and I think he's like, really? I mean, because it was yeah. as dumb a foul as you will see for a player of Draymond's caliber to commit that. It was a little... 
disconcerting, uh, to say the least, because he's one of the guys that's supposed to help you maintain your composure, even though I know he does get agitated. But in situations like that, where as far as smart fouls and things, Draymond's not supposed to be the one making those dumb plays. Yeah, I, you know, he's been so good, especially over the last couple weeks of the regular season uh, when, he, when he came back. Um, I thought he was really good. To close the year, um, I, I thought he's been really good for for virtually the entire playoffs. I think his his at I don't want to say his attitude, his his demeanor was brought on by him not playing very well. I think he was frustrated with himself. I don't mm-hmm. think his his poor play was because he lost his composure. I think it was a little bit vice versa, which to me is easier to bounce back from. Yeah, that would be my guess. My guess is because he had three of the first four turnovers, and they were, they were bad, bad turnovers. Like, yeah, really bad. Mm-hmm. I was and there, I think he, mm-hmm. and there was <laughs> really. The, so, do you remember the the entry pass he tried to make where uh, his defender was kind of sagging off of him? Clay was trying to get get it get post position, and Draymond tried to like get the ball up over his defender and in front of Clay's defender. And and just kind of threw it over everything. Mm-hmm. I believe I do. And it was like that pass was never there. The angle, the angle I had on it because I was up high. The angle I had, it was like that pass was never open. I don't know what he was looking at that made him think that he could make that pass. It just, it was a weird game for Draymond. And I don't, I really don't anticipate him being that bad again. Yeah, they need him to play better tonight, yes. which we'll talk more about. But I think the one thing. Dallas must do to have any chance of beating the Warriors. I think most people might say, uh, they got to make threes. Uh, More important than that, they just have to get some stops, and they're not coming close to doing that. But if you were Jason Kidd, or more, this, you know, you're not Jason Kidd, but it's possible, if not likely, that Jason Kidd would say, hey, Kyle Madsen, you you were at the game, you played travel ball, I want you to talk (laughs) to the team. (laughs) I want you to address the team here and tell us where we need to and where uh, get better and how we can get better. But but seriously, from Dallas's standpoint, where do you start with that with trying to turn things around tonight? Well, I would hearken back to a tournament that I played Father's Day weekend at Twin Creeks in um, Mountain View, Whitey. Yeah. Um, okay. This is of course the great 2004 season where the Brentwood Blast went on to win that tournament. Um, <laughs> I I think that Dallas has to not get discouraged by what happened in game two because they, they hit, uh, what, what was it? What were they? 21 of, uh, they were 21 of 45 from three. So they can get their looks and they still miss some open looks in the second half. I think there are six of 18 in the second half. And they had a couple that were, you know, halfway down and came out. They were a couple bounces away from winning game two and stealing one in, in chase center. Now you're going to go home. I think they just have to play the same kind of game and and hope that because this is really what it comes down to, uh, you know, bank on Kevon Looney not scoring 21 points again. Um, bank on Jordan Poole not being so efficient from the field, going seven of 10. Bank on the Warriors, you know, making some bad turnovers and then being able to take advantage um, on the other end. I honestly, though, I'm not 100 percent sure what Dallas can do different. I think if you really wanted to distill these first two games down to their very essence, one of the things that you could say that might come close to that is the Warriors have gotten to the basket. Dallas has not. 
Um, mm-hmm. And part of that, the reason the Warriors have done that is because we know, the, especially in the first game, Dallas ran them off the three-point line, and the Warriors said, okay, and they went to the basket. Sure. And when you have a defense spread like that, because they're trying to run you off the three-point line, and then you don't really have a rim protector, you're just, it's really um, not a very high percentage way to stop anybody. That's one of the reasons why Kevon Looney's been scoring so many points because you spread the floor and then somebody gets beaten on the wing. And then if it's Poole or Steph, whomever, he goes to the basket. The only guy there back to help is Garden Looney. And so Looney just gets the layups. So they've really paid for the the type of defense they're trying to play here. At the same time, you've got Jason Kidd saying, we got to get to the basket. It was interesting as in game one, it was, oh, we got good shots. They just didn't go in. And in game two, when, I, when they actually shot better, he's like, oh, I don't know why we're shooting all these threes. We got to take it to the basket. So I think it comes down to that. The Warriors, the foundation of all their success previously was it was started at the defensive end. They're not as good defensively now, but they're still a good defensive team. Dallas can't get anywhere in this series unless they can start to establish some kind of defensive traction. And what? It, well, I don't know if they're going to trap. If they just play straight up, straight up, I don't think they can stop the Warriors. So that's what they really have to figure out tonight. How we're going to stop these guys? Just come close to stopping them a little bit. And I don't know how they're going to do that. But if they don't do that, this is going to be a quick series. Right. And that's what. So when you said if you if I'm Dallas and and they ask me what should what hey what what should we do, I don't have an answer. Like I genuinely don't. Like you say, get to the rim. Like okay, with with who? Like that's been part of what they've been so good at with Luca is when he does kind of back his way eight, ten feet from the basket, there's a second defender there and hands in his face, and then the Warriors are doing a good job of rotating and making sure that that um that a lot of these threes are at least contested. Dallas is gonna get some open threes, but I think the Warriors have done a nice job in game one more so than in game two of of contesting some of those looks. Defensively are uh, Maxi Kleba has to be better defensively. Like that's <laughs> Spencer Dinwiddie has to be. That's the thing is the Warriors are just able to get guys on an island and cook them and send Dallas into and send Dallas's defense into a state of disarray that the Warriors just aren't going to get into. Mm-hmm. And and maybe if you're Dallas, you try and say, hey, we're not going to let them. We're not going to let them shoot fifty six percent from the field. We're not going to let them have all those easy layups and dunks we're going to make sure to pack the paint and make them hit some threes. Like maybe that's where we're at. If you're Dallas. Yeah, maybe. And of course they can also ease some of the pressure off their defense by playing better and more consistently offensively. And then it comes down to who are they going to go after? This was really interesting. Kyle, you were at the game, so you weren't privy to this, but again, the lesser of the Van Gundy, Stan Van Gundy was really surprised that I think it was in the second half Dallas, you know, they had been going after pool and Curry and pick and rolls, which, you know, that makes sense. Then they started going after Looney. It's like, um, no, that's really not smart. So it'll be interesting to see if they continue to go after, uh, Steph and, and Jordan pool when he's on the floor. Um, and also the Warriors have done a really good job mixing it up with zone. And that has minimized that tactic to a degree. Mm-hmm. It's harder to, you know, you run your pick and rolls and, and target guys. If the Warriors are playing zone, Warriors did get a little confused a couple times. They weren't sure which coverage they were in. And that led to a couple of open shots, but that's where it's going to start with Dallas. If they play better offensively, it's going to help defensively, but if they don't play better defensively, they're going to be done very, very quickly. And, uh, you know, the worst. Steph Curry made a great point. Pardon me for running on a bit here, but you no, mentioned please. this earlier. The the Warriors here, the, 
what Dallas is going to try to take something away, but if they do, then they're leaving you something. And mm-hmm. Steph said after the last game, he said, look, if we react to what they're doing, there's space out there. He said, if we make up our mind before, you know, you even see the defense, what you're going to do, then they can stop you. But if we stop and look at what they're doing, then we, we're going to have opportunities because the Warriors know that. Like, they can take one thing away, but they can't take away everything. And the Warriors are just going into game three here with an immense amount of confidence in their ability to score on the Mavericks. Yeah, and, and I, that's I – <laughs> I don't know what Dallas is supposed to do about that. And I know I, I, I keep coming back to that a little bit, but that's a product of the Warriors having a bunch of really high IQ guys. You brought up Otto Porter earlier. I think Otto Porter has been – has been excellent in that uh, Moses Moody in his nine minutes the other night was really excellent when it came to his decision making. And as long as Golden State continues to do that, there's just not going to be a good answer for Dallas. If the Warriors are just taking what the Mavs are going to give them, the Warriors have too many good players offensively to too many good, too many smart, too many versatile players offensively to to allow Dallas to kind of sit on one thing or, or to attack one thing. And then on the other end, I think Dallas is banking a little bit on being able to just ISO Steph. Yeah. And that's going to work sometimes, but that's not something that they're going to be able to. He's too. I don't want to come across as one of those people that's like, Steph Curry is an awesome defender because he's he's not a great defender, but he's a better defender than he was four or five years ago. And he's stronger now. So that Luka just running into Steph and backing him down, that's going to work sometimes for sure. But it's not going to work every time where Dallas can just use that to warp the Warriors' defense. If they're going to put Luka and Steph on an island, the Warriors are fine with that because, A, it's going to work out in their favor sometimes, but, B, their defense is good enough and smart enough that they're going to be able to recover from that because Steph's not going to get beat so badly that it warps everything. From the 925 here, it's Whitey and Kyle. We'd love to hear from you at 888-957-9570. Dallas's only chance is to shoot 80% from three. Um, you may be right because again, I that's going to ease some of the pressure on them defensively. But, I'm wondering also if we're going to see something more extreme defensively, like going back to was it March 3rd when remember when Dallas back there Moody had a great game because the, Dallas just said Steph ain't going to beat us, mm-hmm. and they just trapped him all over the floor, and he didn't get any shots off in the fourth quarter. Uh, I wonder if they're going to have to try something a lot more drastic uh, like that. I don't think that would work either, but I don't know what 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 they're going to try tonight. No, well, when Draymond's on the floor, you can't do that. Yeah, good like, point. Somebody somebody brought this up, and I wish I could remember who it was. Uh, I think it was Raja Bell on his podcast. But he basically said that you can throw a double at, at Devin Booker because he's not 100% sure what to do there. And Chris Paul is not, you know, Chris Paul is very good. He's a Hall of Famer. But he's not the player anymore who's just going to absolutely wreck you in a four-on-three situation, and the, and the Suns aren't aren't deep enough and, and good enough to to make defenses panic in that situation. But when you throw a double at Steph, and he gets it to Draymond, and now Draymond's going downhill with a four-on-three with Otto Porter and Andrew Wiggins and Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole, like any combination of those players, you can't defend that. That's too many good shooters. That's too many good playmakers. That's too many smart passers they're going to get a good shot out of that situation. So, yeah, sure, Dallas can double Steph, but I promise you that the Warriors are going to score 130 points. You know, Kyle, it's an interesting point you raise about Chris Paul. I hate to go here, but 
you could see this coming that he was going to struggle because his State Farm commercials have tailed off so dramatically. Mm-hmm. I mean, he used to do to me some really funny ones. I don't know if you remember the old Hoopers where he was the dad. Kevin, where you get them dimes from? That that was some funny stuff. Right. Um, even with the little girl, like look out, look out, and then it's see just like State Farm surprisingly great rates, and then Chris Paul says. Who are you talking to? That was really funny. Yeah. And now he's like with the thing where he's like posing in midair. It's all in the core. It's like, eh. So I could kind of see it coming based on the quality of his State Farm commercials. I knew that Chris Paul was going to have a real drop off in this postseason. Yeah, I, I hadn't even thought about that, but I'm glad that you dove into the <laughs> analytics. I'm not an analytics guy. I'm not big on numbers. But I know, Whitey, you know I prefer to just watch the games. But I'm glad that you did that deep dive for us. Thank you. Right. Well, you don't even watch the commercials, do you? No, because no, I'm usually I'm at the at game. The game. Mm-hmm. I'm at yeah. the game, Whitey. <laughs> no, actually, what I do is when when there's a timeout, I sprint to the nearest TV because they do have some monitors there. Uh, I sprint to the nearest TV to make sure I catch all the commercials. That's good. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, the best one going now. We've already talked about it. Chris Paul's not even in it. It's Trey Young and yeah. uh, the WNBA player, and then Boban. Boban has taken over for Chris Paul yeah. as the funniest State Farm spokesman. It's amazing. Which is not which is not a knock on Chris Paul. Boban is just an objectively funnier person. I guess so. If they ever redo the Princess Bride, we got to get Boban as Fezzik. There's without question. Yeah, no, for sure. And he already has those acting chops in John Wick three. I think he was in, so he's ready. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. He huh. fights Keanu Reeves. Wow. Mm-hmm. Does he really? Yeah. That's a thing that huh. happens. Mm-hmm. All right, 888-957-9570, your favorite NBA player in a movie. Kareem was in uh, a Bruce Lee movie. And do you remember a movie, Kyle, George Murison in a movie called My Giant with Billy Crystal? I never saw it, but I'm aware of this movie. I've heard of that. Uh, I've not seen it, though. Also, uh, Kareem in Airplane, very, very good in that. Right, he was. He was outstanding. Mm -hmm. All right, speaking of outstanding centers, I don't think we've talked enough today about... Kavon Looney, what an incredible story. Uh, Kavon Looney's place among the Bay Area's all-time unsung sports heroes. That's coming up next with Kyle Madsen, Whitey Gleason on 95.7 The Game. Poole slides the ball to Looney who flies in for a dunk. Poole with a little flick of the wrist pass. Kavon Looney, 19 points. Only Curry has scored more for the Warriors. Maybe he is Kavon Olajuwon. (laughs) Now back to 95.7 The Game. Kevon Looney may be in line to pick up his own biggie bag. Whitey Gleason, Kyle Madsen with you, 95.7 The Game. Before we get to the great, and he truly was, has been in the first two games of this series, great. Uh, Kevon Looney. Kyle, I wanted to just share some of the uh, comments here in the text line from the smartest listeners in radio. Invite you to participate here, 888-957-9570. Give us a call or shoot us a text. Would you be okay with that, Kyle Madsen? Yeah, yeah, I guess I'm fine with that. All right, good, good. From the 510, and please let us know what you think here, Kyle. Lucas simply needs to try as hard on defense as he does on offense. Poole's not a good defender, but he tries. Sometimes that's all you need. And from the 510, they say, I would play Powell a lot more if I was Dallas. I would play Powell a lot more if I was the Warriors. I'd say, you play, you should play that guy a lot more. Hey, yeah, he's Jason been... Kidd, play him a lot more because he's terrible. He's just not a good player. And that's what... <laughs> I was, I was talking to a friend who just recently um, kind of picked up basketball and was like, was like, Luca's fun, but I don't know any other players on the Mavs. I was like, that's a little bit the problem. Mm-hmm. Like that, you, need, you need stars to win in the NBA. Like that's just, that's just kind of how it is. 
and the Mavs just don't have any stars. You know who, seriously, who's on Dallas, I'm not making a joke here, that I thought was going to be really good. He's barely played um, three minutes last game. I really thought this guy was going to be good when he he didn't even come out of college. I think he came out of France or somewhere. Frank Nilekina. Oh, dude. The Knicks thought he was going to be good, too. Yeah. I saw, I remember I seeing, you know, his uh, mixtape, and he's such a willing defender, and he had, uh, you know, ball handling skills. I thought, ooh, I guess me and Phil Jackson thought he was going to be good, and it didn't work out. Uh, at least it hasn't so far. From the 718, the Warriors beat themselves or mentally check out more than they did in the small D dynasty years. That should be the conversation. That's a really interesting comment to me, mm. but I. I think it would be more of the conversation, except for the fact that the Warriors are 2-0 in the conference finals, and they're knocking on the door getting back to the finals again. If they were underperforming, I think we'd be talking more about flaws like that. But given the fact that they're overcoming things like that, that's why it's not a bigger part of the conversation. Yeah, I think it's definitely one of those things that everybody is willing to acknowledge. Like, I don't think that that texter's wrong. Um, you know, you got to be willing to acknowledge that this team, yeah, they do fall asleep at times, and they do have some bad turnovers, but... Until it comes back to bite them in any kind of um, substantial way, you know, even after they got blown out against the Grizzlies in game five, it was just like, yeah, you know, they 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 played poorly and, and that's not great. But even still, like that's not going to define this team. So until until it happens uh, over a stretch of four games where they where they lose a series, I don't think it's going to become a huge talking point. From the 5-1-0, Draymond needs to be aggressive in this series offensively. He can score those wide-open runs at the rim from Dallas over committing yep. to shooters. Yeah, and then in addition to that, I agree with that, that big three that he made, I know we played that earlier at one point, that was a huge Enormous. three. As he recognizes, I'm going to have those shots, there's going to be times when i got to take it. When I take it, i got to knock it down, and he did. That was a highlight, easily the highlight of the game for him. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a massive shot, and just to that point, with Draymond getting downhill, we talked about that when they double step, you get it to Draymond. Draymond gets downhill and he either takes a layup or he can kick it uh, to either side. Dallas doesn't have the shot blocking. They don't have a quarter of the shot blocking that like Memphis had. So I think I think that that's a great point. When Draymond does get downhill, I know he's going to look to pass. But dude, I'm sorry if it's Maxi Kleba standing at the rim, just finish over him. Just get, <laughs> go up and finish. Like that's something that Draymond is capable of doing, and I think we need to see more of that in this series for sure. I, I totally agree. Uh, what if it's six ten Davis Bertans? Da, here's here's something about six six ten Davis Bertans. He, he would be behind Draymond. Draymond would have blown by him. He's nowhere near the rim. From the uh, excuse me, the four hundred eight. Boban versus John Wick, first fight, first 10 minutes of John Wick 3, New York City Public Library, great scene. Boban has achieved one-name celebrity status. Yes, he has. And this one, Kyle, I've never heard this before, and is it me or is this really a good text? Bam Adebayo looks like someone tried to draw Dwight Howard from memory. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I love That's that. really funny. That's very, very strong. Uh, and I honestly, every time, every time I see Bam out of bio, I'm like, he resembles someone like it, I, I, what, what? And that is like, perfect. He's like uh, a little bit. He's like a Dwight Howard variant. That's funny. 
Yeah, that's great. Thank you. 888-957-9570. Uh, Bam Adebayo, of course, was terrific last night. Hopefully the Warriors will be terrific tonight against the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Kevon Looney's been unbelievable. I mean, almost literally. We say that all the time. I throw that around all the time. But honestly, Kyle, if you told me before the last game, you know, Looney's going to go for 21-12, and 12, and he's going to be the first Warrior center to go 21-10 and 10 in a playoff game since Robert Parrish in 1977, I would have said, said, no, no, he's not. That's not, no, that's not going to happen. And it really happened. It was amazing. It was and what was incredible about it was I didn't even know I didn't realize cuz I was at the game I didn't realize that he had 21 <laughs> points. Yeah. Because it was just the Kevon Looney, you know, clean up a miss here, get a dunk there, roll to the rim and get an easy layup here, hit a free throw there. And then all of a sudden he had 21 points. And the thing about it and the 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 reason it really jumps out to me is Dallas is going to make an adjustment. I don't think I don't think Kevon Looney, write this down. Uh, I don't think Kevon Looney's going to score 20 a game. Okay, but, I have that yeah. right next to where you once said Buster Posey's not going to hit 420 people. Yep. Yep. Okay. No, I did say that. I went out on that yeah. limb. I think it worked yeah. okay for me. I'm going to go out on this limb as well. Okay. I don't think Kevon Looney's going to score 20. But I do I do think that that is just a, a sign of what Dallas' conundrum is defensively. Yeah. Like, and it didn't take Kevon Looney, like, Oh man, Kevon Looney hit two threes, and wow, he just made a bunch of shots that he doesn't normally make. They were just there, and he just took them. And the Warriors, up and down their lineup, did a great job of when he was open at the dunker spot, or when um, he was he was rolling off a pick and roll, and and Dallas didn't defend it correctly, finding him, and he's doing a good job of going up and and scoring with it instead of just you know standing there and looking to get rid of it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he continues scoring in the double digits just because Dallas is not going to be like, okay, yeah, we have to defend Kevon Looney. It's it's going to be there for him. Yeah, and he had five of his 12 uh, rebounds were offensive rebounds in yeah. the last game, and those, of course, are even more valuable. Hey, do you remember newspapers? Remember? Mm, I've they, read about them on the internet. They're still around, and they have websites. So what I like to do during playoff series especially, I like to go to the websites of the – newspapers of the of the Warriors opponents and just see what they're writing about these series and after game one in which Kevon Looney was five for five for for 10 points and he had what he had uh five rebounds and and four assists after game one somebody in the the Dallas newspaper at the website was writing about how Kevon Looney could be a problem for Dallas centers and I just thought, you know, on the one hand, it's like, yes, that's true, but I can't believe we're talking about that. That was before game two when he, he went off, of course, uh, to go 21 and 12. So I think you're right. You know, clearly it hasn't been Kevon Looney like, clear out, give me the rocket out of right. the way. But still, he's been so incredibly uh, impactful, and he's been kind of an unsung hero. When you look also at his career arc, and now a couple of years ago, he had the neuropathy and he had hip problems. And it was like, I, who knows if he has a future? And the Warriors at one point had pretty much given up on him. And here he is playing so well with free agency looming. I think we have to look, Kyle, at where he fits into the pantheon of Bay Area unsung sports heroes. Now, hmm. maybe that's premature. You could say, you know, he hasn't really done anything yet. I, I don't know about that. 
Um, I'm just wondering if there's anybody else that comes to mind and how you feel about his spot in there. If they win a championship, I think it's cemented. To me, the guy who would be, I don't know, if it was one of Dibs' mounts, he'd be you know, in the George Washington position, Travis Ishikawa. What do you think? Oh, I don't... No? No, he wasn't as impactful as Kevon Looney is. Like, I know he had the big home run in the NLCS, but I just, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not comparing him there. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Well, I'm just doing that on the basis of unsung and had a huge moment. I mean, didn't that win the pennant when they, yeah, yeah, Yeah. no, it definitely did. Joe Buck had the great call. The Giants win the pennant. Um, I just, I feel like Kevon, so Kevon Looney prior to game six against Memphis had played 20 minutes in a game once in this postseason. And over the last three games, he's averaging 32 minutes a game, okay? In the 10 games prior to that, he was averaging 14.3 minutes, 4 points, 4.8 boards, 1.2 assists. And that's where it's like, yeah, he's, he's effective. He's effective outside the box score. He's definitely an unsung hero. He's been just outright over the last three games, Whitey. 32 minutes a game, he's shooting 65.4% from the field. He's 12 points, 13 boards, 4 assists a game. And he's averaging 2 fouls a game. Like, he's been excellent. Like, I feel like we're talking about him so much that he's not an unsung hero anymore. He's sung? He's now a sung hero? He's a fully sung hero, yeah. (laughs) I'm ready to go there. So that's why why I have a hard time. Like, I know Ishikawa had a a huge moment in that game, but I think it's, I think it's, I don't want to say demeaning. But I feel like it's selling short what Kevon Looney has done over over the Warriors' last three games and their last three wins. Okay. I was going to mention Dan Buns. I don't know if you know who that is. I know you got a football podcast. Oh, yeah. No, Dan Buns of the uh, 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 the stop against the Bengals in Super That's Bowl. That's right. Is it 19? Um, I think it was earlier than that. But it was, yeah. Uh, no, I think it was the one before that. 19 was the when they played 16. the Bengals a second time. It was yeah. Uh, 16. Yeah. Um, Dan Buns, who was a linebacker. He was just like a starting linebacker, if I'm not mistaken. He just had a huge stop on, was it Ken Anderson at the goal line in yeah. the 49ers' first Super Bowl win? Yeah. yeah. So I'm not own. even going to bring Roseville's him up. Roseville's own, yeah. Yeah. Not even going there if, uh, if Travis Ishikawa <laughs> doesn't. doesn't yeah, well, that's – okay, so that's – okay, so, so they both had like huge – but that's, that's, I guess, what I'm saying is like if Kevon Looney's 22 boards against Memphis was all he did in this playoffs, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's it. But he's just been good, man. Oh, I know. I and know. I, I, think it's, I think it's at a point where we, we, we had people at the, at the team store. I was there the other night at, at Chase Center. <laughs> we, there were people at the team store like, oh, I'm looking for a Kevon Looney jersey. I'm here. Like he is, a, he is now one of those guys that I think before this year he was a little bit of an unsung hero. You're just one of those guys going to go do the dirty work. He's going to play his 12, 13, 14 minutes, whatever. He's going to grab some rebounds. He'll sc- score a couple points here and there. But now it's he is a he is a key cog to what they're doing. We had a guy call yesterday when I was on with JD on Warriors this week, and a guy said, I want to get a Looney jersey so that 20 years from now, I'll see another guy somewhere around town in a Looney jersey, and we can look at each other, nod our heads, and go, yeah, I know why he has that jersey. And I just That's outstanding. Uh, That's yeah, so good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, on the text line here from the 408, Looney is Vogel song? Hmm. And from the 707, Cody Ross over Ishikawa. That's from Ice-T and Waikiki. So I, we're all over the place on that. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like the, the criteria here are all very different. 
Um, to me, like a well, you ger- just ruined the like, whole thing. By no, I not know. Ruined it, but I know. You're I saying Looney no. is not. It's interesting. Take Looney is not under uh, unsung anymore, so he's not eligible for inclusion in this. Club. It would. It would be to me at this point, like, like, I don't know. Pick a like Jeremy Affelt was really good for the Giants during a couple of their World Series runs. Maybe it's like that, where he just he's he's not a Buster Posey or Tim Lincecum star. But he's definitely one of those pieces that, like, man, they 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 really need him and need him to be good. Well, let me try an A's guy here since you're an A's guy. Okay, great. Um, this will this will resonate with me more. Scott Hatterberg? Is Kevon Looney Scott Hatterberg? Gosh, I'll buy. Oh, I'll, I'll buy that. I guess. Work. Not really. Because Hatterberg was good. That he was he, like he was he was pretty good and had a had a big one. But again, I mean the. the 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 A's haven't been to the the equivalent of the conference finals since '06, and they didn't win a game in that series. So, Maglio Adornez, right? Maglio Ordonez. underrated, really yeah. good player, <laughs> Maglio Ordonez. Very, very good, very, very good player. All right. Well, be that as it may, as far as Kevon Looney's unsung status, it is interesting. We touched on this earlier, and I know Tim Roy was on. He was on with, with Willard and Dibbs. He was mm. on with you guys earlier this week. Tim Roy pointed out, look at the rosters right now. You've got, you know, Dwayne Dedman's like a seven-footer with Miami, but there's nobody else, nobody who's playing yeah. regularly uh, in anybody's rotation who's bigger than 6'10". Mm-hmm. And so this this potential, you know, pitfall the Warriors has, like, oh, they don't have Wiseman, they don't have a center. Um, you made the point earlier, a good one, you know, Robert Williams is really good, but he's 6'10", so it doesn't look like it's going to be an issue for the Warriors going forward, and Kevon Looney is the guy. He's like, we need a center. We got him. He's right here, and he's playing great. Right, and that, that, was, the whole, that was the whole thing. Is I know that that's what everybody kind of latched onto when the Warriors were struggling, was, well, they just need a big. They don't have any size. What's they got to trade? What are they doing? They need to trade for a big. Like, no, they don't. We've seen them, even when they had Zaza or Andrew Bogut, those guys were like 12 13 minutes a game, you get you get JaVale McGee in there for 10, 11 minutes. You know, Festus Azili had his little run. But they, they've never been like, man, that center is the reason that they won tonight. Like, that was never going to be the case. They have Draymond Green. Now they have Kevon Looney, who's playing really, really well. Size was, ne- size was never going to be the reason that the Warriors didn't win a championship. That was never going to be a problem as long as they have Draymond and Kevon. You used to live in Sacramento, right? I did. Wow, thank you. Just adding more, more, uh, more things to my resume. No, you, yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. I spent a lot of time. You know Jesuit. You know Jesuit High in Sacramento. Of course. That's where Festus Azili went to high school, and he was on the basketball team. <laughs> Apparently, he never played, and I don't wow. know what the deal was. If maybe he just, you know, took him a while to develop or what. But it's like someone was telling me that. It's like what? Festus I had no Azili idea. You went to Jesuit. Didn't play. He was on the team, but he hardly played. Didn't anyway, Reese, just, Didn't Reese Hoskins go to Jesuit? Uh, I just know he was a Sac State guy. I'm not yeah, sure he was. where Stingers he went to high up. school. Yeah, he went to Christian yeah. Brothers or Jesuit. I can't remember. Nice. On the text line here, 888-957-9570. Um, Looney is Marco Scudero. Looney is Sean Dunson. I think Kevon Looney is more like Eric Burns and Scott Hatterberg. Looney is Ellis Burks, maybe even <laughs> Harold Baines. Looney has been our bogate, and Looney is like Ringo from the 415. Honestly, Bogut is a great comp. Not necessarily in the way they play, but just in their level of importance. Like, Andrew Bogut was not one of the three best players on the Warriors title teams. But he, 
I think was one of the like three most important players where it's like, man, just what that guy does on a night in night out basis, it's going to be consistent. It's never going to be flashy, but like they just need what he brings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Of course the big difference there. And we all know the big difference is Kevon Looney was what the 30th pick and Bogut was the number one pick. (laughs) Right. And he was derailed by just, Oh my goodness. If you've never seen when he injured his arm, when he was with the box. Disgusting. Yeah, yeah, don't recommend it. looks like a crash test dummy flying through the air. It was uh, hard to watch. So, yeah, um, similar skills, uh, a better pass. Bogut was a better passer. But it's just remarkable that we're talking about Kevon Looney in this regard. And it's not, again, as you pointed out, it's not like, hey, he had a pretty good game where he scored eight points or something. I mean, he's been consistently having a major impact uh, at both ends of the floor for the Warriors. And then how about, and I think it was the first possession Dallas had in this series, and they go, they switch, and then Looney's on him, and it's like, wow, that worked. You know that Dallas like, oh, watch this. And Loon was like, yeah, I'm good. I used to do this to James Harden all the time. It's been <laughs> right. remarkable. Right, yeah. and it's not It's not like he's – and uh, we've got Brian and San Mateo here. We'll get to him in a second. Um, but it's not like Kavon is this lockdown defender or this incredible rim protector where it's like, man, watch out for all defense. He just is going to force Luka into tough shots when they get him isolated. And I don't mm-hmm. think that Luka – like – it's not Luca's not running from any matchup. Like he's he's fine. But I don't think Luca, when he gets that switch, is like, all right, yeah, I've got Kavon Looney on a switch. You know, I, I just I don't think that that's something that, you know, the Mavs will take it, but I don't think it's something that they're gonna sit there and hunt for. Yeah, and it looked like they actually were doing that a little bit in uh in the last game, much to the surprise of Stan Van Gundy. All right, who do yeah. we have uh on the phone, Kyle? Yeah, we got we got Brian and San Mateo in here, wants to jump in and talk about the unsung hero uh, topic. Brian, you're on with Kyle and Whitey. What's up, man? Thanks very much for uh, t- taking my call. The uh, last texter had a great list there. I'll, I'll cover the whole Bay Area here. And, oh. and it, I, I believe when you said this, it's got to have championships tied to it. Um, and so I, I would say Giants, Edgar Renteria. Mm. And mm. he's Terry Steinbach. And all-star Terry Sharks, Steinbach. Since you had uh, Thornton and Marlowe, I'd go Evgeny Nabokov. Mm. And then I would go John Taylor for the Niners. And here's your Raiders one, Pete Banizak. Wow. That's, that's Thanks, a great Brian. list. Thanks, Brian. Pete, Pete Banizak, I think, was a was a fullback. John Taylor, you got a 49ers blog. What do you think yeah. of that comp? Come on, Looney yeah, Johnson. And again, I, it I, is amazing that we're actually having this conversation right, right now. I, I also have a 49ers podcast, so don't don't sleep on that. Uh, in fact, how dare you not mention that? Um, so I just so, <laughs> I just said it. You said blog. You said out. blog. Oh, I'm um, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. thank you. Um, I, I do both, so I, I get why you got confused. <laughs> <laughs> so the John Taylor one's kind of interesting because I think John John Taylor is too good to go into that category with Kavon, yeah. but right. also I think Kavon is like playing his way into this that realm of like man that's a because John Taylor was was never like a perennial Pro Bowl caliber wide receiver but he was just a dynamite number two in that offense. The same way Kevon Looney is not a all-star caliber center, but he's just a dynamite fit for the Warriors. So I actually like that comp, even if John Taylor in a vacuum is is like a tier above where Kevon is. 
I was talking recently to um, somebody I know who was in the NBA for years and is still involved. <laughs> but I mean, well, like, you know, people in the NBA, nice dude. Yeah, well, he was, and he was. He did a lot of player personnel stuff, just a lot of you know major decisions and trades and coaching and stuff. And this was a few weeks ago before was before I think even the Memphis series maybe. But he said, you know, I love Kevon Looney, but I don't know if he plays on any other team really. I mean, he might play some, but I don't know if he gets major minutes on any other team. At the time, I thought, I uh, well, maybe, but what do you think of that notion? I mean, it gets to uh, Kevon Looney and how uniquely, um, what's the word, qualified he is, I guess, uh, skilled to do what the Warriors need him to do. I I. Th- think he might be a backup he wouldn't play as much he wouldn't be as valuable on another team but uh, the way he's playing now I mean there'd certainly be a role for him yeah yeah I think so but I I agree with the idea because no I don't think there's any other team that's going to be like yeah hey Kavon go set this high screen and then also catch it um, above the free throw line and make a decision Uh, I don't think that that any other team is going to put the kind of defensive onus that the Warriors put on him where they just let him get on an island defensively against guards or centers or whoever it is. Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, I I think that the Warriors offense is just so well suited for him because there's constant motion. There's so many other players to worry about. And he's so smart. You mentioned it. Steph talked about their space out there. Kevon Looney's very good at just finding that space and then being, he's ready all the time uh, to catch and then quickly go up with it. So um, I, I think he would definitely play on other teams, but yeah, I don't think he's getting this kind of burn or, or, or production. Yeah. From the four, one, five, not a starter, maybe not, but again, that, you know, you're putting together a team, not just, uh, finding the best guy you can at each position from the four away blogs are so 1990s, Kyle Madsen, your comments, uh, <laughs> they pay <laughs> check the bank Cha-ching! account. I don't even think they had blogs in the 1990s, did they? Just barely. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, you you talked about newspapers going the way of the dodo birds, so um, blogs very much still exist. Big trust. Uh, from the 510, Looney is Mark Kreidler for the Rise Guys. That's a nice thought. Appreciate that. Um, I Disrespectful think to Loon. Is it? <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> Yeah, come on, Looney is a second Sean Livingston. I'm not sure what he is. And the other part of it is, you know, how long this is going to continue. Because, Kyle, I think Kevon Looney could play just as well as he's been playing and not put up the numbers because his numbers right now are a product, as we've said, of a lot of the things Dallas is doing defensively. Dallas makes some changes. The opportunities aren't there. Kevon Looney could put up less lesser numbers but it wouldn't mean that he's not playing as well so well, it's hard to know where this is going to go and that of course is going to have a lot to do with how where we end up uh, placing him in this pantheon well and i think we saw that in game one I mean, game one he was yeah. 28 minutes at 10 points five boards four assists a couple blocks good numbers but not not earth shattering not 21 and 12 but he was still super effective in that game where it's like man Kevon Looney was 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 one of the best players on the floor for golden state Coming up next, uh, and thank you, by the way, for all your feedback, and we'll continue to take your suggestions here at 888-957-9570. So we try to place Kevon Looney in the pantheon of Bay Area unsung sports heroes, although my partner says, he's not unsung. We can't do that. So thanks. Appreciate that. We're just that. talking about how yeah. awesome he is, and we're like, man, 
Encyclopedia. You know who is underrated? Joe Montana. Like, oh, let's relax. Everybody knows Joe Montana is one of the three greatest quarterbacks of all time. Let's. You just calm compared Kevon Looney to Joe Montana. I did. He's you, the you, <laughs> Joe Montana of the world. What Warriors. are you doing? No, I just, I, I just, it, it's one of those. Like, you know who's underrated? This guy who's definitely not. Like, all right. Everybody, everybody's talking about how good Kevon has been. They're Coming singing up. his praises. Yeah. Yeah. The. Uh, I think they're humming him now. I don't know if they're quite singing him yet, but they are humming them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the rat on the dubs table is mm-hmm. that this guy has to play better tonight. Who and why? Next, with Kyle Madsen, Whitey Gleason, <laughs> so good. 95-7 the game.